This is the Firearms Trainers Podcast, Season 2, Episode 5, published on October 4th, 2021. I'm your host, Rob Beckman, and our topic today will be talking about keeping up with your training. Our podcast is part of the ConcealedCarry.com network, brought to you by XS Sites, the fastest sites in any light. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by the Range Tech Shot Timer. A shot timer is a critical tool to measure performance, and no credible fire instructor hosts a class without one. Range Tech Timer is both the most affordable and most feature-rich shot timer on the market. Connected via Bluetooth to a tablet on the firing line to simplify recording times and sharing them with your students. Range Tech also features Bluetooth integration with practice score and built-in auto scoring based on USPSA, IDPA, multi-gun, or steel challenge scoring schemes. Learn more at rangetechtimer.com. We bring you this podcast, support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Now let's get on to our topic today. Today, we're joined by Instructor Dave Jenkins from Rochester Personal Defense. Welcome, Dave, and thanks for coming on the podcast. Rob, it's a pleasure, and I'm glad to be here. Uh, well, before we dive in, for those listeners who might not know who Dave Jenkins is and <laughs> Rochester Personal Defense, can you give our listeners a little bit of your background? Uh, yeah. Um, the, quick, the quick list, I am an NRA training counselor, USCC training counselor. Um, I've worked pretty... Um, pretty intricately with programs on both both uh, outfits. I am a guy who was trained at the SIG Academy for, oh, geez, this past weekend was probably my 25th time there. Um, I've been to Academy in Blackwater getting training from these guys. And uh, the way I look at it is I, I want to go to the sharp edge of the tip of the spear and I want to learn what works and what doesn't work. Um, and then most recently I added a... Uh, certification under the uh, the great Dave Spaulding from Handgun Combatives as one of his instructors. And uh, right now I'm his most active instructor. Um, I've conducted seven or eight of his classes right now and uh, it's it's working. It's working pretty good. But I'm just a guy that started a training company in Little Rochester, New York, behind the wall in New Yorkistan, as we try to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it, I started it out of a need for people to get trained. There were so many people and I, I just got certified as an NRA instructor way back when in 1993. Um, it was, and it's, I never thought I'd be doing this today. I always thought that would be like a little hobby and, you know, I'll do it for a while, see what happens, give back, but, um, it's grown and grown and grown. Went, um, my company was formed and officially created in 2005 and I took it full time in 2008. And unlike a lot of instructors out there, I don't have a side gig or retirement, anything. I don't have a side job that pays me anything. This is what I do. This is me. And it takes up all my time. And I let it take up all my time because I believe in it. How's that? Well, that's good. Well, I, think, <laughs> I think you're the perfect person to uh, talk about today's topic, and that is keeping up uh, your personal training. And we're not talking oh, yeah. about, you know, going to the gym every week. We're talking about going along and, as you say, you know, getting to the tip of the spear on the sharp edge of it and really say, staying up to date because one of the things 
I always, you know, tell other instructors about is, yeah, we're, we're in the heyday of, you know, firearms because you've got all the Smith and Wessons, you've got Glocks, you've got Springfields, you've got some great guns out there. But at the same time, if you don't take a step back, you don't realize how much the industry has actually changed over from a revolver to double action, single action to even, even like your Glocks, because what's happening now? Many red dots are coming out and that's yeah. where looking at your training resume, I thought you'd be a great person to talk about, you know, and here's the first question for you. Why keep getting trained? Well, um, I became a training junkie pretty early on in my career. I like going out and learning new things and it's not always firearms related. I, I've taken classes on a whole bunch of different things and a myriad of topics just because I'm curious. Um, but with the firearms industry, uh, you know, it, it's changed dramatically even since when I got certified. You know, we're talking 27, 28 years ago now, maybe more than that. I can't, I'm, it's, it's one of those nights I don't want to do math. But, um, you know, the reason I go out and get training is because um, I get to meet new people. I get to meet different people. Um, I get to see what they're teaching and I get to, um, I get to modify what I teach if it makes sense. Um, you know, long, long before I met Dave, I, I did subscribe to that 3S rule. Does it make sense? Is it simple to do? And is it street proven? If it's not street proven, um, it makes you look cool on the range. What's it going to do for you in real life? It's probably going to get you hurt. So I want to find all that stuff out there that's follows those three S's, you know, it's, it's gotta be simple to do. It's gotta be simple for my students. Gotta be simple for me because, um, if I can't recall that skill with zero lag time when I need it, um, and if I can't produce that skill with a high degree of efficiency and expectation, um, and if it doesn't work on the street, it's useless. It's just, it's junk. And I don't want to, infuse that junk into my system or I, I don't want to give it to my students. Um, but, you know, it's not only meeting new people and seeing what's out there, but the places I go, they're, you know, they're pretty much on the forefront. A lot of these, you know, places like Blackwater and Academy and SIG and training with, you know, guys like Tom Givens and Dave Spaulding who continually do research. Um, these guys aren't stuck in the dark ages where people think they are. Um, you know, John Farnham and you know, these guys, they're, they're the originators of a lot of what we do today. But these guys still do research and they, they evolve as well. Um, but they evolve at a different pace than us because they figured it all out. You know, they already know there's no different, no new ways to shoot a gun. You know, you aim it, you pull the trigger. It's the concept of why and what you're doing to get it there and what you're doing while it's out there. That which that's what's changing. And as you alluded earlier, it's what we're using mm -hmm. is what's changing. Um, you know, the guns are changing, you know, like, you know, even, even Glock is still evolving. Um, you know, the, the Smith and Wesson MNP series, you know, they're in mod twos. They're starting to pull out, you know, from what I hear, they're starting to pull out a mod three, probably another year or two, because they're going to make some changes to it. Mm -hmm. um, so if the guns can evolve, if the industry can evolve, why the heck can an instructor evolve? That's, that's always bothered me. And one of the, 
one of the things that really sets me to almost a full stop when I'm talking to other instructors is um, I've had instructors tell me they don't see why they need the train because they're an instructor. And that is like, okay, you should stop right now. Just don't teach anything else because whatever you learned when you got certified, it's probably completely different. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the, the reason, the biggest reason I go out there is because I want, I want to make sure that I am teaching what's correct and what's working and what's going to save my clients lives. Um, you know, I, yeah, I can teach target shooting. I can teach fundamental stuff, but the core of what I believe in and what I do is I'm teaching people to save their butts at the probably the worst moment of their life. Mm-hmm. And when that violent person visits them, I want them to win. I want them to prevail and I want them to walk away from this unscathed if possible. And I'm going to give them everything I can. Mm-hmm. And I got to go out there and get everything I can. And, and as much as firearms, you know, like we were talking has changed. So is, so is legal standpoint of it, you know, oh, yeah. how, how we approach and that's where, do you ever take, uh, topics repeatedly over again? I mean, oh, yeah. you know, and, and what do you learn, learn when you start taking a same class or you take the same type of class from multiple instructors? You know, it's interesting. I'll give you, I'll give you a quick correlation. Um, there's a couple books that I started rereading. Um, one from Tom Givens, his, his concealed carry class. And then another one from Dave, because I want to continually stay up on his knowledge. I've read each of those books probably four or five times. Every time I read it, I pull a new nugget out of it. And then it's worth it for me to sit down and, and pull that book out or look at it or do whatever. But class-wise... Um, you know, when I was training and starting my instruction business, I would host, um, a company called insight training center. I would have them come all the way from Seattle, Washington, all the way to, uh, you know, me in Rochester. And I would either take it as a student or I would coach it, but I was there in every single class. I refined something better, or I picked up something a little different or a little new that made me stop and think and like, you know what, I'm going to look at that in my next practice session, or I'm going to work on that today if I get a chance. And what happens is it, it, it gets you refined, just like any motor, neural, eye-hand-eye coordination, um, I guess you could say uh, sport or activity, the more you do it and the cleaner you do it, the better you learn it. And, you know, I've seen, I've had talks with students that are like, well, I've done this class. I want to move on to the next one. No, do it again. Come back and do it again. And, you know, what we did is as a company, we, we put out a, uh, a special that if you complete a full day class with us, you come back, the tuition's 50%. That's, so that's, they, a, gr- that's a great incentive to have the students come back and do it. Yeah, why not? You know, you get a couple hundred dollar class, you can come back for a hundred bucks. You can take the whole course if you want. You can take the the live fire part. You can take the lecture part. Doesn't matter. Whatever you think you need to work on. And I've had quite a few people take me up on it. And every time they agree that it was different because it was probably a different instructor. Uh, it might have been a different location, but and it was different people in the class. They were the only constant in the class. And they learned a lot from just everything else, including themselves. Um, but yeah, we, we got to keep going on this. We got to keep learning. And, you know, people like, well, I go to the range every week and I, 
you know, that's my training. Now you're just, you're just hitting the backstop. You know, if you, you know, if you don't have somebody giving you feedback, um, giving you some tips, how to get better, you know, coaching you or instructing you, you're always going to stay the same. You're never going to learn anything new. Yeah. If, if, and if you're practicing, you know, by yourself and you're doing it wrong, nobody's going to tell you that you're doing mm -hmm. it wrong or, you know, notice that you've got this, you know, jerk on, on the trigger or something else along those lines. And yeah. that's, that's where having a, you know, skilled instructor can go along and say, okay, let's try to do some, you know, simple, um, drills to see how good your trigger press is yeah. and then start seeing, okay, how things would work. And that's where, you know, me as an instructor, I, you know, I gain benefit from having going to other instructors classes and having them take a look at it. I mean, yeah, it feels really great when they're like, man, you're, you're right. You're right on the money. But other times mm -hmm. it's been like, Hey, do you know, you know, you're jerking it. Oh, and all of a sudden I was like, no, I hadn't really realized that because I've been teaching. I haven't been, I've been looking at everybody else. I haven't been looking at myself. And that's yeah. where keeping you tuned up is extremely important too. Yeah. Like I, I guarantee you this class I did this weekend, you know, it was a, it was a master shotgun instructor you know, from SIG. And it was, it was a very high level of expectation of performance and shooting ability and uh, professionalism. And there were a few people that, didn't measure up as they should have. And, you know, they, they felt it by the end of the day and they did not walk away with a handgun master certification or I'm sorry, a shotgun master instructor certification. Um, you know, out of the nine of us, I think there were maybe five that passed the qualification. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's probably high. You know, um, I did the handgun one uh, three or four years ago. And I, I found out afterwards that only about 10 to 15% of the people that attend that course pass it because it's so hard to do, but that's, that's where we learn the most is when we can go there and, you know, this is no BS. Uh, the instructor, he looked at me, he goes, what are you doing? You know, I was doing something on my load. I was like rolling the gun over and just loading it. And I got into a complacent mode, which I always yell at my students not to do. And, you know, it's like, you know, the drill was to get the gun topped off, get it reloaded, get ready to go. And then you can take a breath and relax everything I tell my students. But what did I do? I was like, ah, oh, we're done. I'm just going to shuck a couple shells into the mag tube, let it hang, see what's going on. And he comes over, he goes, what were you just doing? Were you sleeping when you did this? You know, like, and it, it, it got me to think it's like, wow, I allowed myself to slip. And then for the rest of the day, I was on point. Mm-hmm. Yep. All because you went, went to a class to have other people critique you just like we, mm -hmm. you know, encourage students uh, to do that. Yeah. And the, the, the thing is, I know why a lot of instructors don't go out and seek more training. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a three, it's one of those evil three letter words. You know, we have the four letter words we can't use, but it's an evil three letter word called ego. Mm hmm. <laughs> They're afraid of looking bad. And it's like, it's just like demonstrating in front of students. We should always be able to demonstrate the skills that we want the students to learn because yep. a, if we fail the first time, at least they realize Hey, it's a tough, tough drill to do, but then we can follow it up and show them, okay, this is, this is how it should be done. And I can demonstrate exactly how to qualify mm -hmm. uh, doing it. And, you know, but ego get, gets in the way a lot of times. Yeah. And it that's, does. you know, unfortunate. Yeah. And it's, you know, and if people see that, um, see that you're human and see that you, you know, 
you miss a shot once in a while. You know, don't, you know, if you can't do it at all, you probably shouldn't be up there doing the class or doing the demos. But, you know, every time we're doing a class, like with my, uh, my handgun master group, I know you want to talk about that later, but we'll, you know, we'll get into it when we can. But, um, you know, these guys are some high level performers and they're always throwing the gauntlet down for me. They're challenging me. And uh, we did a couple of drills just recently and they're like, well, all right, you came up with a drill. Let's see you do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you can't walk the walk, you can't step up. Um, you probably shouldn't be doing this. Yep. And, and one of the things that I got to say that was very, um, uh, very, very amazing. I took out Moss uh, 40 uh, or Mass 40 class uh, mm-hmm. from Masada Oop uh, this spring. And he did his qualification and he shot better than the entire class. His yeah. qualification, I'm not, you know, he's probably shot a thousand times, so he knows it. But even there, you know, he's into his mid seventies or so, and yeah. he's still out shooting people that were half his age. And, oh, yeah. you know, that's, that's one of those things where, you know, just don't let your age don't, don't just let, you know, those kind of things get in the way. I mean, demonstrate it for it. And then, you know, if you, you know, show some of the struggles because that makes you human and, and makes people realize that, Hey, maybe this takes a little bit of practice, a couple tries before I can actually master it too. And that's always uh, good, good to go along and do. Yeah. Uh, um, I think, you know, one of the things they see is, you know, like, you know, we were talking about age and, and stuff earlier. Um, people get old because they stop doing things. You know, you look at guys like Cherry Michalik and uh, Moss. You know, and, you know, yeah, their skills may degrade a little bit. They may get a little slower, but I'll tell you, some of these guys that have been shooters for 40, 50 years, I would not want to have to match up against even in a, even in a friendly setting, because Mm -hmm. these guys, you know, I'm a pretty good shot. I'm, you know, I'm happy with how I shoot. Um, and I know I can be better and I, I work at it every day when I get to the range, but you know, these guys, I gladly take a second seat to, to a lot of these guys out there because mm-hmm. they've done it so much. Yep. Well, they know the, they know the basics and know how to apply it. And mm-hmm. they're also, you know, some of those, uh, great teachers. When I took the Moss 40 class to have Moscow along, look at my grip and look at, you know, my grouping was and go along and, you know, give me some suggestions. I mean, that's priceless because I'll take that forward and into my teaching and my students. And that's, you know, part of the reason for going along and doing the additional training and, and because it's, it's really personal training and you've got to think about it just like somebody would go to the gym and work out to keep their body toned and everything. You got to do the same thing. We are a fire instructor and think about it the same way. Yeah. We go to the range, we shoot ourselves, but going and seeing a trainer. And a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, I even suggest go see multiple trainers, you know, seek out, you know, you talk about Tom Gibbons, John Far- Farnham, uh, Dave, Dave Spalding, those guys, you know, search out to some of these guys because a, they won't be around forever and B they've got knowledge and each of them will approach the same topic slightly different. You know, before yeah. we, before we hit recorded, we were talking about the, uh, Scott Jelinski's, uh, red dot instructor class mm-hmm. and, I'm taking that coming this October. Uh, you're taking, you're trying to get that into your schedule also, as well as you're going along planning to go up to SIG to take their class. And, yeah. and that's one of those to where you're getting it from multiple angles because realizing having multiple, uh, multiple data points allows you to help other students because just like people have problems lining up, uh, 
you know, iron sights, guess what? <laughs> we're, we're into a, a same problem, but different territory when we're looking at, at red dots. And that's mm-hmm. where it becomes very important for people to know and understand how to, how to go along, and bring that gun up into their eyesight and be able to press the trigger properly. Yeah. You know, the, the most frustrating thing now is, um, like with iron sights, with students, with handguns, I could get next to them. I can get above them. I can get on level with them and I can tell if their sights are high or low based on the target. But right now with the red dots, it's, it's making it more different, difficult as an instructor to give a little feedback on sight picture because I can't see the dot. Only they can see the dot. You know, there's no possible way unless I can put a, a little plug or something into their eyeball um, and see what they're seeing. There's no possible way I can see the dot. So it's going to be, you know, that's going to be a whole new skill in itself and how to describe what they should be looking at. But the good thing is, um, you know, if, if most instructors take some red dot familiarization courses, they're going to be able to figure it out because they're going to experience it. You know, they're mm-hmm. going to experience that that presentation that's going to have that dot high off the screen or low off the screen. And they're going to know what it, if they pay attention to their body and how they got that dot to arrive back on the target where they wanted to, they should be able to translate that and, dis- and describe it to their student. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Hey, Dave, how often do you take, do you take training? Cause obviously you've got a business that in, in business to, to be able to teach other people, but to give people kind of a perspective, how often do you try to get out and take training? Um, this year was a little, well, I wouldn't say typical, but a little low. Um, and it, I guess it depends. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago now, um, I logged easily I think I logged over 400 hours of training. I was doing a lot. Uh, I was doing something every month. I did a couple of week long stints. Um, and it was, it just, it just added up very quickly. Um, last year, I still got some training in. I still got a couple of visits to some facilities in, but it wasn't like it was, you know, three years ago. I, I might have put in maybe 100 to 150 hours, if that. Um, it depends on the year and depends on my need, you know, and I'll, and I'll tell you why I say that you probably can, can already think about that. Um, I kind of look at two things. What am I lacking in? What is, what is, and what is my interest in? Um, for a while, you know, I was okay with a shotgun, you know, we're talking probably 10, 15 years ago. I was, I was okay with a shotgun. Um, but then I was like, you know what? I don't like some of the questions I have or the unfamiliarity. Um, a shotgun's a thinking person's gun. You got to know what you're doing with a sucker or else it's going to, it's going to make you, um, it's runaway slave. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to own you. Um, so what I did is I looked around and I'm like, you know what, let me go here. I went to SIG, did a defensive shotgun course. Um, in one year, in just about a year span, one of them was in one year and one of them was early on the next year. I did a uh, advanced defensive shotgun course with a guy named Scott Ballard up there um, who on the first day used up all of the ammo we were supposed to bring for all two days. So we had to go scramble and go buy <laughs> some ammo at, you know, Kittery and, and Walmart and a whole bunch of other stuff. We had to come up with like 200 more rounds or shells. Um, and then just about a year later, I took a home defense shotgun with a guy named Todd Rasa. 
he was up there at SIG. He was uh, doing some adjunct training up there. And that got me over the hump. You know, it got me where it was the shotgun felt natural to me instead of like, okay, when I pick it up, what's okay. I've got to remind myself I've got a long gun, not a handgun, you know, and it's going to operate differently. Now I pick it up and it's like, boom, I've got it. I don't have to think about it. I know it. Um, And that, you know, that took, you know, about four or five days total of training to just push it over that hump into that um, past the conscious competence into the unconscious competence level where it's like, I know, I know it. I don't have to think about it that much. Um, This year, this year alone, I've, let's see, I just logged eight. Um, I'm into about 80 to 90 hours now this year. And I've still got six or eight days of training left to do. And that only carries me through October. Um, who knows what November and December is going to bring. I might, something might pop up and I might say, you know what, I'm going to go do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and all these courses you're paying for it. You're paying for the travel. You're paying yeah. for, you know, the hotel room, all those types of things. So it's an investment in yourself. But I, yeah. as you said, you know, it helps you. And also, you know, you bring that back to your students, which then they go along and they say, hey, Dave knows the n- newest of the new new stuff when it comes to shotgun or to a rifle or, or to handgun. And let's put it this way, as instructors, that's kind of where we want to be. If we're the, if we're the instructor, people say, ah, he just knows the old stuff. He doesn't know all the new new stuff on on the guns then mm-hmm. you know our market is probably going to shrink considerably uh for it may, and probably you know disappear if, if we're not careful yeah i'm pretty lucky i've got you know i've got a pretty good boss who gives out really good travel benefits and pays for all my classes it's me <laughs> just said um but no you're right um you know i've some of the highest compliments i've gotten from students is um, they've come and trained with me. They've done a, like three or four of my classes. They've gotten into the concealed carry lifestyle. And then they go off to places like Thunder Ranch, Gunsight, SIG. Um, you know, they go off to train with some other, you know, some other guys. And they send me an email. They call me up and they're like, Dave, thank you for what you did because you trained me. And one guy told me, he goes, when I went to this course at SIG, he went to a pretty high level handgun, you know, student level, but a high level handgun course. And he said, everything you taught me carried me through that course because I would not have been able to, to attend or complete that course if I didn't go to you first. So, you know what, that means I'm doing something right. And that, that's what means a lot to me. It's not my resume. It's not, you know, what hat I wear or what patch I have on my shirt. It's when students call me up and say, thank you for making me better and making me, you know, I can hold my own against some of these nationally known places or some of these other people, because now they're not embarrassed and they're not weak and they're stronger. And that's what I do. And it gives them confidence so that they can uh, persevere, you know, if the violent encounter does come to them. Yep. I want them uh, to be able to prevail. Got a question for you. I know you've thrown out a few names, you know, SIG and different uh, different places like that. But do you have any other places that might not be so well known that maybe some instructors around the country should look look for in their regions? Well, um, geez, all the people I've come across, um, 
I can tell you one of my biggest evolutionary jumps was with the group I mentioned earlier, Insights Training Center. Um, you know, I had somebody just just a few months ago ask me, it's like, you know, if you had to list all of the people you, you would consider mentors, who would they be? And I said, well, I've got current people that I look to for advice and training. I've got people that I used to look to advice and training, but I've moved in different directions or they've moved in different directions. But, um, you know, a couple of the guys from Insights, Greg Hamilton and John Holsham, um, they were pretty instrumental in changing the way I approached uh, defensive shooting craft and being, you know, and I took a lot of instructor topics and tips and um, information from them as I was growing up as an instructor. Um, you know, I used, when one guy I was talking to, I used a term that, you know, I found instructors that took me out of the grade school level and into the high school level. And then people that evolved me into the senior high level and then now into the collegiate level, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then now I'm, you know, I'm tickling the pro level here. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting hosted out on, uh, on location. Now I'm getting contact from people that are recognizing, Hey, this Dave guy, you know, he's, he must have something if, you know, guys like Tom Givens and Dave Spaulding and John Holshin and guys at SIG say things about him. They pick him out of a crowd and say, this guy's got some stuff, um, you know, and that, that helps a little bit, but it really boils down to, it's like, you've got to find somebody whose approach you can emulate. Don't steal from them. Don't copy them. Um, you know, you know, Dave Spaulding is always going to be Dave Spaulding. You know, Tom Givens is always going to be Tom Givens. Nobody can duplicate them. Nobody can clone them and nor should they. Um, I don't think it's possible to come up with that because these guys have 40 and 50 years of life experience that none of us have and none of us probably ever will. But you could look at them and how they did things and how they do things. And, you know, even guys, you know, um, you know, one of the guys we, we trained with up at, uh, up at SIG, um, Eric Palmer, he, he ran the shotgun course. This guy was phenomenal. And he's only really known locally up at SIG. Um, you know, another guy up there who's now, the director of training. I'm pleased to know that I'm friends with the director of training at SIG, uh, Steve Gilcrest. Um, he is a phenomenal shooter, high level competitor, um, and, and very interesting guy, but a really, really, really good trainer. Um, so good that I actually, um, before he became director of training and, you know, his schedule basically became SIGs and not his own. Um, I actually brought him to my instructional team two years in a row to work with us and they loved it you know he gave me a price we split it up he loved it but it was good instructor development and this guy had some really good stuff and it made a difference in our training mm -hmm. let me ask you a little bit of a question um different is there any kind of training that you stray away from you know Things like things, um, or things or what do you look for in a course? And you, and when you go on and say, Nope, that's not for me for whatever <laughs> factor. Um, there's, there's a roundabout way of explaining this one. And, uh, 
this one's going to be kind of a circle. It's, it's going to come around. Um, I, I've, I've looked at other instructors. I've, I've looked at some that are out there. I've looked at some that probably people have not heard about yet. They're very regional. They're very local guys. And some of them stand out because of how they're teaching and what they're teaching and how their approach is and how their visibility is um, and how their overall demeanor and um, I guess you could say personality is. Um, of course, I'm going to gravitate towards guys that are like me, but I also try to look outside my own little my own little brain and my own circle in my head because I want to see, you know, okay, this guy here, what's he doing? Or this, what is she doing that's different that's drawing people to her? And how is she handling that? And how is she presenting? Um, the, the biggest turnoff is somebody who feels that their ego and um, background carries them through a course. And um, it's kind of like that book without any pages in the middle. They got a great cover. They got a great presentation. They're all shiny, you know, but it's all smoke and mirrors. And somebody like myself, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but somebody like myself that's been around this a long time, we can usually see through that. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, you know, you and I have had conversations about stuff like this. And when people are coming up with weird, wacky stuff or, you know, they're trying to be different, but all they do is steal material and they don't understand that material. Um, they don't understand why that material exists or they don't understand the research that went behind that material. It shows up very quickly. Um, you know, I've got. I've been approached by guys that, you know, oh, I'm former law enforcement. I'm, I'm a military guy and I want to train people concealed carry. And I, I honestly ask them what in your background will translate to concealed carry for a civilian, you know, mm -hmm. unless your job was covert carry in the military or undercover work in the, in the police force, you're not going to have a lot of correlation here. Um, and you know, that's a battle that, I get all the time. It's well, I was in law enforcement or I was in the military. So, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm super cool. Awesome. Well, you know what? Thank you for what you did. I, there's, I will never take that away from any of these guys, but if you want to translate into the civilian world, you've got to have something you can bring or you've got to learn it. And I see guys out there that, you know, it's like all they're doing is they're teaching military skills and military tactics to civilians, which, you know, you mentioned, you know, doing some training in legalities. You know, I've got Moss coming here in November. I'm going to do his MAG-20 classroom. And because that's all we could have gotten done for that time frame. And that's all we could fit into Moss's schedule. And next year, I'll probably see if I'll get on his uh, schedule for the, the MAG-40 and do the 20 hours in the classroom, 20 hours on the range and really give it a package. But I look at, I look at it this way. The skills that this instructor is teaching, can they defend him in court? Because mm -hmm. when one of their students gets into a shooting, it's not if I look at, I look at my students as I'm trying to teach them to avoid it in the first place. But if you have to, well, we're going to get the job done. I'm going to make it pretty damn good so you can win, but we want to avoid it no matter what. Um, but I see a lot of instructors are out there. They're like, you know, they're, you know, they're, 
not teaching the de-escalation. They're not teaching the avoidance. They're not teaching anything that's going to help their client follow all five. You know, I've, I've done training with, um, uh, uh, trying to blank on his name, Andrew Branca. And, you know, and the the core of that is the five elements for self-defense. And just by what I've seen this guy put out or this lady put out as an instructor, they're violating at least two or three of those, you know, and you're going to be harder to defend. And when your client goes to court, you're going to have to go along with them as an expert witness or, or as a co-defendant, because you taught them this stuff. And how is any of these skills going to help your client when they get into that shooting? Because it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, like I said, it's kind of a roundabout way when I look at things. I, I, I don't look at one or two things for a stu- for a, uh, an instructor. Uh, you know, like um, when, before I signed up for Scott Jelinski's course, I looked at about 20 or 25 of his videos. I watched his demeanor. I watched his presentation style. I, I listened to the words he used. I looked at his skill sets, what he was presenting in the videos. And yes, some of them are, you know, a few years old, but some of them are pretty relevant. And I was like, okay, you know, I think I can, I can learn something from this guy. I can pick something out of this, this two days or three days. I'm going to go see this guy. Um, you know, and it's, what do they have? How are they presenting it? Is it going to be relevant? Does it fall under the three S's? Is it, you know, is it safe <laughs> to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, like that video of those two guys training, that's making the, uh, the circuit right now on the internet, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I get it. I'm guessing from the background and from the uh, presentation of the video, it probably was not a U.S. based training site. So, um, but honestly, you know, instructors need to be vetted and they need to have some substance and they need to have other instructors look at them and go, "You're not an idiot, and you're probably going to be okay." Um, but unfortunately there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys out there in the instructional world that need to have the eyes of the industry on them for a little bit. And they need to be willing to take some feedback from other instructors in the industry to grow and be relevant because some of the stuff I'm seeing out there scares me. Mm -hmm. And that's what I avoid. If I see something that's scary okay, you know, the old, the old thing about, okay, fool me once, shame on me, or shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me kind of thing. You know, I'll give it a second look. I'll give more of their material another look. But, you know, if I don't find it relevant to what I'm searching for or what I feel I need or what I feel my clients need or what I think the industry should have, I'm probably not going to seek them out. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh- in the digital age, the nice thing is, is there's always, uh, if the person's been around at all, there's somebody who's done an after action report. They've uh, videotaped themselves on Facebook and YouTube, TikTok, um, Instagram. Yep. I mean, you, I mean, as uh, second amendment people, we know that, you know, maybe the tech giants aren't necessarily in our favor, but at the same time, uh, there's quite a bit of following and the, bigger you get, the more you realize and engage your audience, you need to have some of those accounts uh, with it. And it's a great way for going along and vetting instructors to say, okay, are they doing things safe? You know, is there something mm-hmm. that I can, you know, get from it 
And, you know, does, does it make sense? Or am I doing jumping jacks and backflips just to, you know, just to go along and get a little closer to the target. And then I'm not hitting the target anyway, or it's like, yeah, I'm not sure that's really going to be beneficial for anybody in the middle of a gunfight. Everybody wants to have, you know, everybody's got to have their own gimmick, their own, you know, their own identity. And that's cool. You know, but, you know, do I want to be remembered as Ric Flair or do I want to be remembered as Dave Jenkins, the firearms instructor who, who, can teach somebody good stuff that can save somebody's life um, and not necessarily, you know, look really super cool doing it because it's not all about image. It's about what you get done. It's the work you do. It's not how you look doing it. It's efficiency and, uh, and making sure that the rounds strike where you're firing. Yeah. That's for sure. Exactly. Well, hey, Dave, we've been asking all our instructors this year to recommend a book or another instructor for uh, that other instructors should, um, you know, search out in their training area. Um, I know we've talked about many, but do you have a book or, or instructor you want to call out now? Well, uh, I can tell you the, um, the handgun master program that I put together, we put together a reading list. We've got about, we had four books that were main or a mainstay in that program. And one of them would, was Dave Spaulding's handgun combatives book. Another one was Tom Givens. Um, another one was Masayub's in the gravest extreme that one he wrote a long time ago. And then, um, there was one and I'm drawn, it's, it, I'm drawn a blank on the name and I tried to look it up on my list, but it was about motor skill development in shooting. Um, um, Michael Plaxco shooting at the speed of life, I believe it was. And it was, this guy was a hot, you know, really good competitive shooter. He probably still is, but I, I knew about this book a long time ago. And when I read it, I was like, okay, this makes sense. This makes a lot of sense. Um, so to pick one out of those four right there, um, well, his ego is going to take a hit, but I would say, it's a toss up between Tom Givens and Dave Spaulding for their books. Um, Tom Givens' book, Concealed Carry Class, is a really good primer on training and education. And whether you're a student or instructor, it's a good read. It's a good read. But man, you know, nipping right at the heels is Dave Spaulding's combative, you know, uh, handgun combatives book. There's just so much knowledge in both of those books that's valuable. It's hard to choose one. So I'm going to go with the tie. <laughs> that? Okay. We'll call it a tie. Um, instructor no. wise. Holy crap. The list of instructors I've taken and learned some awesome stuff from, um, you know, honestly, if you could, uh, it's hard to pick from, you know, I would say, you know, my, my latest go-to guy for a lot of stuff and tossing ideas off of is Spalding. But um, unless you're enrolled in, one of his classes that's coming up this year or one of his weeks next year, you're not going to get to experience him. So you're going to have to come see me or one of the other guys that are running handgun combatives courses. Um, I've learned a lot from Tom Givens and his instructor course and, and the courses he gives out and the videos he puts out and his uh, cadre. Um, hmm. To pull out one instructor, you know what, if you're on the West coast, get up and see the guys at insights training center and find a course that John Holshin or Greg Hamilton's teaching 
that would be my recommendation on the East Coast, or on the, I'm sorry, on the West Coast. Um, if you can't get up to the Washington area, find Rich Nance um, from Wartech CQC and get into a class that he's given. That he's down in California, is soon to be in Arizona. Um, he's escaping from behind that wall. Um, if you're, you know, in the middle of the country, God, there's a bunch of people that are floating around out there, but East coast, get up to SIG. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to escape out of that answer for one instructor and just give you a facility, get up there and train at SIG. Yep. They've got some um, great, great instructors up there. Oh my God. There's Chris Cavallaro up there. There's, um, you know, I mentioned them earlier, Scott Ballard, Steve Kilcrest, there's Eric Palmer. Um, uh, Brian Spag was, was also, he was good up there. Um, there's just a ton of guys up there. And if you can, you can get up to, um, SIG or get up to insights or see, you know, rich over at Wartech, you know, um, there's a lot of guys out there that are just doing some good work, but the standouts in my career, all those guys rise to the top. It's, right. you know, just picked up so much from those guys or, or just come see me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> come see me or come or host me. I travel. I want to travel. I'll come to you. And my promise is if you put a class together, we reach the minimum. You're not paying for your class. So you know, I'm, I'm willing to travel pretty much anywhere you want, you know, you know, winter's coming up. So I'll mid, you know, mid South, um, you know, Florida Southwest. places are good. Yeah. <laughs> Warm places are good. And I'm putting my schedule together for next year right now. And I've already got about three people that are, they're waiting to settle on some dates now. So we're going to see what happens, but what, what is your website? So people can check out, see what you're doing and where your classes are. Um, you can hit it two ways. You can type in rochesterpersonaldefense.com and it's just spelled out Rochester, like the city and then personal defense with the E N S E, not the D not the, um, no, not the British way. I've had a couple of people tell me they couldn't get to it because they were using the C in the end. Um, <laughs> or you can just type in safe in Rochester.com. We've, we've got a really good presence on Google hits and you, you know, you type in firearms training in New York, we'll probably come up in Rochester. We're definitely coming up. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's a ton of stuff we're doing. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I'm I'm there. I'm not really that well hidden, although my, you know, my personal page security is locked down pretty tight for the most part without, you know, limiting access. But uh, the company page is out there. Um you can hit us up, give us a like, share stuff we're doing, and help us get the word out. And I'll tell you, you know, we can keep the industry moving forward in a positive sense instead of having to worry about the guys that are doing the unsafe things and teaching partners how to shoot their buddies in the top of their head <laughs> and take their head off. Um, yeah, that was a pretty a scary good video. video to watch. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh -huh. and there's there's some us based guys that are doing some scary stuff that I've seen. And then it's just like, you just shake your head and you're like, why, why? Yeah, there's no benefit to it. You're yeah. ri risking life and limb to go along and look cool. Yeah. And uh, Again, that's not worth it. The three S is, is it safe? Is it simple? Is it street proven? Mm -hmm. If it doesn't snip past the sniff test, you probably shouldn't be doing it because you're going to go to court. 
one way or the other, you're going to go to court. Yeah. Well, Dave, appreciate your time uh, tonight no for coming on the podcast and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again in the future. Talking about some other classes. Anytime you're running short on topics, just throw me something. I can probably talk about it. <laughs> Sounds good, Dave. Take care. Rob, it's been a pleasure. That's a wrap on this episode. And let's announce this week's podcast prize winner. This week's winner is Brian and he won a pack of dummy ammo. Next week, we'll be giving away a barrel block. Visit podcast.concealedcarry.com to enter in for our weekly prize giveaway. Remember, you can't win without entering, and your entries do not carry over from week to week. Share all our podcasts on your social media. Help other trainers and instructors receive the same great information you're receiving. Remember to check out our website, where you can search for various topics from marketing and instructor training at firearmtrainerpodcast.com, or you can leave us a comment on the episode there, too. If you have any ideas for new episodes, suggestions on guests to have, or feedback, please email me at ftp Please visit our sponsors, especially the Firearms Trains Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage. And as always, remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Thanks for listening, and stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry, Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.